I wanted to start today uh, with a, a quick question for you all. Uh, what comes to mind? What's your initial reaction when you think of the word witnessing? If you're online, go ahead and put, uh, put your, your thoughts in the comments there here in person. You can just whisper to the person next to you, whatever it is. I know for some of us, maybe you're thinking of like handing out uh, tracts, you know. Those, those are those little booklets about, uh, about the, the five spiritual laws or whatever type of, of track that we had uh, back in the day. Maybe uh, when you think of, of witnessing, uh, you know, a, a feeling of, of apprehension comes to mind because you think to yourself, I, I got to go and tell people about this stuff. Like, what if they don't like me? Or I don't know what to say. How do I do this stuff? Um, it could be, uh, especially if you're somebody here or online right now, and uh, and you would say that you're maybe new to faith, or you're you're not currently serving Jesus, and you're just checking things out. Uh, first of all, I want to say, if that's you, welcome. Uh, we we love that you're here right now. Um, but chances are that you've probably had people come up to you in some pretty lousy ways to tell you about Jesus. Right? Like back in the day, our idea of telling people about how much Jesus loves them is grabbing people by the shirt collar and telling them that they need to turn to Jesus or they're going to go to hell. Like, whew! Winning friends and influencing people with that evangelism tactic, you know. Uh, I, I, as well, you know, I got to apologize to the unchurched because uh, chances are that there's a lot of people, maybe even from our church, maybe it's even someone that I've been having a conversation with, and you've never really noticed yourself being witnessed to. Um, because so many of us aren't sure what to say. Is now the right time? Uh, we're worried about these things. And, and so let, let me share today, uh, if you're a follower of Jesus, this, this two-week series that we're beginning today, the idea of this series is not so much to tell you, hey, you should go and witness, because if you're a follower of Jesus, hopefully you've gotten by now that our role is to be missionaries in our community. Wherever we, Jesus has put us, we're meant to tell people the good news of Jesus and to show it to them. But the purpose of, of this two-part series is actually to equip us so that we can have a simple paradigm that will hopefully help us to go out and actually know how. Because sometimes I think we just haven't been trained. We haven't been taught, right? Or we're sitting there and we, we have these complicated systems. All right, so... Which part of Romans Road are we on right now? Which verse is that that I'm supposed to do first? All that. Like, we get such complicated things. That's the reason why we had tracks is because we couldn't remember them, so we just handed a booklet. My hope, too, is that for the unchurched people that are here, if somebody comes up to you and they witness to you in a really lousy way, my hope is, is that you can just have this link written down to this series and you can say, you really need to watch this sermon series. All right? Come back later. Try again. <laughs> Alright? Then you're helping them and you're helping yourself in the long run too. So I think that it is very, very good. So today, as we, as we consider what is it to, to witness, um, we do need to lay the groundwork, right? We need to lay the groundwork that we are sent people. But that as we are sent, we're not sent in anxiety, oh my goodness, what's it going to look like? But the words of Jesus recorded by his follower John in the book of John in the Bible, if we want to turn there right now, John 20 verse 21, we read, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Peace 
be with you. I am sending you. That's what Jesus says to his disciples. That's what I believe he says to every one of us who follow him. That we have been sent, but that it need not be something that makes us anxious, but that it in fact should be something that excites us. Because if you're like me, you've seen God move in your life. You've seen the transformation, or you've seen the transformation in loved ones as, as God has worked in them. I, I've, I've grown up hearing stories of, of family members who were in such bad places, and when they came to Christ, all these things in our lives immediately began to shift. Did that mean that life was easy? No. But God had an impact on them. And I've seen Him have an impact on me. And so how is it that we live as sent people? How do we live that way? It's as simple as the word bless. Heavenly Father, today I ask that as we look at the Bible and as we look at some practical things that we can do to begin to be a light in our community, God, that you will help us to receive these things. To not immediately say, but it's too scary, or it's not for me, or it's not my gifting. But Lord, that you would begin to impress on our hearts, e even now, the names, the faces of people who need to know you. The people who whom your heart is crying out for, that you have placed us around and amongst to begin to transform, to begin to impact. And Lord, I ask that we, we wouldn't fall into the temptation to say that was a great message for someone else. But that every single one of us would receive a word from you today. And Lord, I ask that you'll take these feeble human words that I'm about to speak and make them something worthwhile through the power of your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. How do we live as sent people? It's as simple as the word bless. The first step in being a sent person is to begin with prayer. So often in my life, and I know so often in most of our lives, we rush ahead without prayer. Right? We're, we get up in the morning, might do our devotional time, and then we're like, we just run out to work and we go, this is the way that things are. It's the same every day. So there's no need to pray about anything to do with any of this stuff, right? We're not going, God, I just asked today that you would open my eyes to the, to the people that I'm going to interact with or anything like that. We tend to just go, yeah, God, I've prayed and now I'm on with my day. If we decide that we're going to witness to someone, what do we quite often do? All right, here we go. Here we go. Do you know Jesus? Right? No prayer. We just jump right into it. We're like, yep, I know what God wants me to do, so I'm just, I'm going ahead. And we kind of do things in our own strength, in our own ability. Right? We, we try to do it ourselves. Or we come up with a great idea, and we're like, God's going to honor this so much. And we go and we do the great idea. And God's like, that idea wasn't my idea. I would have told you not to do that. You know? Like, we need to go to him. We need to get some counsel from him. We need to ask him to open doors and open hearts and lives and to, to help us to have the, the words to say, here's something. Have you ever thought about this? We believe in Jesus. And that Jesus is part of what we call the Trinity, which is a fancy way to explain, uh, in human terms, the way that God exists. We believe that God is one God, eternally existent in three completely 
equal persons. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that they are, are intertwined in a perfect dance of love and unity. And yet God, in his love for us, came to earth in the person of Jesus, the Son. And he willingly relinquished some of his power, instead leaning on the Holy Spirit to empower him. And yet, what do we see? God is on earth. And yet, time and time again in Scripture, I see God in human flesh getting up before the Son to go and pray. Now, consider this. If prayer was the foundation for everything that Jesus did here on earth, why is it that we so often rush ahead into things thinking, no, 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 God will just pick up the pieces behind me. God will just bless me wherever I'm going. Jesus spent so much time communing with the Father in prayer. And then we spend our five minutes and we think that we're good to go. I don't know about you, but if God needed a lot of time praying to God, I think I need a lot, a lot of time. I need a lot of direction. I need a lot of counsel. When's the last time that we considered the people around us and we began with prayer? You could put it this way as a commitment that you'd like to make, I will pray for the people in my life and the places that I'm in. Who are the people that God has put around you? When's the last time you prayed for them? When's the last time that you asked God to give you opportunities to begin to share his glory, his goodness, his love, the message of the gospel with those people? Or how about this? When's the last time? I, I hear a lot of people they live in Pincher Creek or they live somewhere else. They're like, I hate it here. There's this problem, there's that problem, and I just hate it and I can't wait to move away. And then they live here for 20 years. Right? But let me tell you, like, no matter how much you love or hate the place you're in, if you're noticing that there's a problem, here's an idea. Instead of bellyaching about it, pray about it. God, how can you use this thing that I dislike for your glory? How can I step into that situation? God, there's so much injustice. There's so many, so many kids from broken homes and they just need a safe place and people to pour into their lives. And, and let me tell you, it's a dangerous prayer to start praying for the things, the needs in the community that you see. Because one day, you might feel the Holy Spirit putting his finger on you and saying, yeah, there is a problem. And guess why you're here? you're going to start doing something about it. But we need to be praying about these things. How do we live as sent people? It's as simple as the word blessed. Begin with prayer and secondly, listen. A lot of us hate listening. I bring across to you the idea that our witness to others should quite possibly be listening for the majority of the time, and speaking less. Right? Now, I will say, for some of us, we actually need to just speak at some point. 
Okay? But for most of us, when we think of witnessing, we're like, yeah, I've got to corner someone. I've prayed about it. Now they need to hear what I have to say. And many of us have spent a lot of time telling people what to believe and what we think that they need, but we have not spent time listening to them or respecting them as people. And can I tell you that most people, if you walk up to them and you're like, you are wrong, I am right, whether it's politics or faith or parenting, they're just going to be like, I got some words for you. You know? And they go, you're disrespecting me. And they shut down. They're like, I don't want to hear anything you have to say. You're ridiculous, man. I'm not talking to you. Because it's difficult to impact someone's life if you, if you don't actually know, for starters, where their life needs impacting. Let me put it to you this way. Imagine that you li- lived in, on the edge of a desert, right? You, you had just a, a beautiful house overlooking this vast desert. And imagine one day you're out there baking bread and you see this, this person coming in from the desert and their, their clothing is torn and they're sunburnt and blistered and they... They move towards your house and you see them and you run out the door and you're like, oh my goodness, how are you? Are, are you okay? And they're like, oh man, yeah. And they go to say something and you're like, you know what? I just baked a fresh loaf of bread. Come on into my house and, and let, me, let me feed you. You must be hungry after going across the desert for however long you've been out there. And so you, you cut up the bread and you slide it in front of them and, and you're like, eat. And they, they try to say something. They're like, you'll love it. Just eat the bread. It's such good bread. It's fresh baked. It's sourdough with like a, a really, really, um, you know, old culture that I've, been, that I've been working on for years. And you're never going to, you won't be able to imagine how awesome this sourdough bread is. And, and you, you're, you watch them and they take a bite, they take two bites and then they collapse. Because if you'd actually talk to them, you'd know that they had rations in their bag. They still had food. What they ran out of three days ago was water. But that's the way that we so often go and approach telling people about Jesus. We're like, do you know where you're going after you die? And the poor lady's like, I don't even know where I'm getting the money for rent. Right? Like we can't expect people to be thinking about eternity if they can't even figure out how they're going to get past today. And so instead, if we're listening, we start to catch things that they're telling us like, oh, they're, they're, they're worried because they've got to send their kids to school and they don't have any socks that will fit their kid. You know what? I've got a bag of socks that, that might work. Or you know what? I can go to the store, spend 20 bucks and give their kids socks and just let them know, you know what? I, I so appreciate you and your openness with me. I want you to know that Jesus loves you and, and here's something from me. Or you hear, maybe you're, you're having a chat with a school principal and he's like, man, we really need an after-school program or this or that or this other thing. And and suddenly you start to file these things away and you go, you know, maybe I could talk to my church or some of the churches around town and maybe we could figure out something to address this need. But we wouldn't find these things if we just kept on gabbing at people. Because we need to listen. 
I love what the, the early church missionary, the Apostle Paul, who wrote so much of the New Testament of the Bible, what he says in 1 Corinthians 9. Yeah, I'm going to have you guys just uh, follow with me on, on the screen here. He says, even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I, be, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who follow the Jewish law, I too lived under that law. Even though I am not subject to the law, I did this. Why? So I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness. For I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. We need to find common ground, but we can't do that if we never shut up. We gotta, we gotta open our ears instead of our mouths sometimes. You might say, Pastor Stephen, you just have to turn on the TV and we, we, we hear all the filth that's going on in this world and I know exactly what they need. They just need Jesus. I agree. At the core, the world needs Jesus. But when we're talking to individuals with individual needs, we can't just hit them over the head with a blanket statement and go, congratulations, I've witnessed. I believe if you really consider the way that, that you came to faith, that every one of us would find that there was a slightly different set of circumstances. Maybe there was a word spoken to you before you went to the tent meeting that you consider the end-all be-all of how people get saved. But if you actually consider your heart, had someone not listened to you and then spoken some words of wisdom to you prior to that tent meeting, you wouldn't have been in the place to say yes to Jesus. Because see, witnessing isn't always about let me pray a prayer with you right this second. Sometimes you're laying the groundwork for what God wants to do through someone else. And so here's something to consider. I will listen to and discover the needs of others and the places where God is at work. Will we listen so that you or our church can step into the true needs in our community with the love of Jesus Christ. How do we live as sent people? It's as simple as the word bless. Begin with prayer, listen, and thirdly, eat. I like this one. Eat. Jesus knew the value of eating with others. If you, if you read the Bible, you will quite often see Jesus hanging out with people over a meal. Like almost constantly. He's either out teaching in the fields or he's eating with someone. And what I notice is he so often went to the very people that really, really needed him to eat with them. And I know sometimes we get a little bit nervous about these things like... I. I just want to, I want to surround myself with good Christian people so that they can build me up. And that's important. But you'll notice that Jesus also went to people that really needed him. Or he went to people who he really needed to rebuke, you know, the religious people of the day. He's like, you don't have it made, guys. We need to change some things here. But look at some of these things. We see um, 
In the book of Matthew, Jesus sits down for dinner with tax collectors and sinners at Matthew's house. Now, nobody really likes the CRA or the IRS or anything like that, but you've got to understand, like, our slight disdain for those professions does not come close to the way that the Jewish people felt about tax collectors. Because tax collectors were Jewish people who sold out their own people to the occupying enemy and then charged a little bit on top so that they could get wealthy. These people were hated. They were scum. Jewish people wouldn't even consider them worthy of, of being a pile of dung that they stepped on on their boot. They'd keep that on their boot before they'd keep a tax collector. And here Jesus is. He's, he's with the, the rabble-rousers. Jesus goes to Simon the Pharisee's house. And uh, uh, we're told in, in Scripture, a sinful woman comes to him and begins to to cry over him and, and anoint his feet. And Simon gets all up in arms. This religious guy, he's like, you got to send this woman. Do you know what her profession is? Do you know the things that she's done? And Jesus just rebukes the religious man because he didn't care about the person whose heart needed him. Many other times he has dinner with religious leaders and really what he spent time in those settings doing was telling them that they were wrong. Because you see, Jesus had a lot less patience for the religious elite who didn't actually live according to God's heart than he did for the people who just plain needed him. Jesus was around um, food and parties so much that uh, the book of Luke records that his enemies used to label him a drunkard, a glutton, and a friend of sinners. And you know, I think a lot of us are afraid to live in this way because we are concerned that if we go out after work with our friends... now if you don't have a history of alcoholism, if you feel free to do this, that we don't go out to the bar with our friends after work and sit there, maybe order a club soda or whatever, but just sit there and be with them in the place that they're at. Because we're thinking, man, if somebody, if so-and-so sees me walk into this building at this time of night, they're going to start talking. Oh, no. They talked about Jesus... Now, again, I want to be clear. If you're someone that struggles with alcohol abuse, you should stay away from the bars. Right? Like, that's just common sense. I want to bring that across. And listen, if you're someone that you're like, I feel in my heart that God doesn't want me drinking, then don't drink. The big thing here is, will you go where they are? Will you be a friend of sinners? Will you risk being called a glutton and a drunkard by religious people so that you can make an impact on the people that truly need to know Christ. Again, I'm calling for wisdom here. If you truly do become a glutton and a drunkard, that's a whole other thing, all right? Food is powerful. I don't know what it is, but Alpha has, uh, th is a program that we have run a number of times as a church and at the youth group. And the one thing that they always bring across is you have to have food. 
Because the power of sharing a meal with someone is so disarming. It levels the playing field in such a potent manner that if we can actually sit across the table from someone, even if we completely and fundamentally disagree with every choice they've ever made in life and every position on every issue that they have, we can sit across the table from them and we can say, we have food in common because we're humans. Remember a few weeks ago when I said, treat people as people? That's one of our first steps. So you could say, I will share meals and spend time with the people in my life. Eating's pretty easy. We do it every day. And so consider what things can I do to share a meal with someone or to grab a coffee with someone? How can I spend time with that person I've been praying about? How can I sacrifice a little bit of my time instead of going and eating a sandwich in the corner alone? Maybe I bring two sandwiches and I invite somebody to have a sandwich with me. You don't even have to go out to a restaurant to eat together. It doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Have a picnic. How do we live as sent people? It's as simple as the word bless. Begin with prayer, listen, and eat. We're going to look at the next two next week. But today I, I want to consider, do we understand or have we been impacted by the message of Jesus? That gospel that we're supposed to share, is it something that is truly rooted in our hearts? Are we people who will say to ourselves, as God has blessed me so greatly, I also wish to bless others? Will we recognize those words of Jesus where he said, peace I give to you. As my Father has sent me, so I am sending you. We have a saying around here. Every Christian has a ministry. Every Christian is a minister. And not one of us is called to be a spectator. When we spectate, we stop making an impact. But when we step into the ministry of work, when we step into the ministry of homemaking or child rearing, when we step into the ministry of volunteer service around the community, when we step into the ministry of serving at church, when we step into the ministry of just being a smiling, loving individual to the people who desperately just needed to see a smile, we're doing God's work. Your job is God's work if you will utilize it for his glory. When we didn't deserve it, God loved us enough to choose to bless us. He came to earth in the person of his son, lived a holy life, died on that cross for our sins, for the ways that we have rejected God. He covered over them and washed them away. And then three days later, Jesus rose from the grave to bring us life, to usher in a purpose for humanity. A purpose spent impacting the world. 
a purpose spent helping people understand that they are not alone, but that Jesus desires to walk this life with them. That's what we're called to do. We're not called to beat people over the head with some sort of out there thing. Eternity is important. But we can also start with the impact of the gospel now. We're told eternal life. That, that God loved the world so much that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. What is that? Well, it's not just something that's going to happen later on, but eternal is even now. He brings us life now. So consider what ways can we begin to impact those around us, impact our loved ones, impact our friends, our coworkers, our community by bringing eternal life. A life that starts now in the places that they need it. Maybe by us being the hands and feet or maybe us being the spokesperson. Maybe us being a listening ear who then goes to the spokesperson and says, we need to do something about this. What can we do? How can I serve? It can be scary to witness. It can be scary to live out a sent life. But we also can remember that we can live as sent people because it's as simple as the word bless. And so today, this is what I want you to consider. This is what I want you to hold on to. Number one is this. How do we live as sent people? It's as simple as bless. But this is what I want you to do when you go home today or even as you're sitting in your seat this morning. Consider this. Who do you live, work, and play with that is far from God? Pray that God would create spiritual curiosity in them and then spend time with them, eating together and listening with the posture of a learner. Not a teacher. I want you to start with the posture of a learner. This is my challenge to every one of us, myself included this week. Take a picture of it if you need it or watch this again, write it down. But this is what we need to do if we're going to change a community which changes a province, which changes a nation, which changes the world. So Heavenly Father, today I ask that you would move in our hearts and that you would help us to take these things and begin to step into the simple truth that we are sent people. And God, that we would live out the truth of the gospel that that Jesus loves and accepts us just the way that we are, but that he leaves, loves us too much to leave us there. That we would walk a life like that with your eyes for this community, for our world. That we would see people with your heart and embrace those who no one else embraces. Even those that, that we disagree with, Lord, that they would be able to know that we disagree, but also know that we respect them. And that we love them. Oh, Jesus. Just begin to think of that name right now. Ask the Holy Spirit to bring a name, a face to you, a group to you. While you do that, as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I want to speak to anybody that's here or online and, and you currently are not following Jesus as your master and your savior. You've heard me share about the purpose that he brings about the forgiveness that he brings to us that when we give him our lives, that he has taken us from being stuck 
And he's given us a way forward. He's taken us from a people who are without purpose and he has given us great meaning in life. And so today, if something has been stirring in you that says, I want to be a part of what God is doing on this earth and I want to receive in myself, in my heart, this Jesus and be changed by him and used by him. I want to invite you right now, if you're saying yes to Jesus today, if you'd like to give him your life, will you raise your hand with no one looking around just so that we can know who you are? We want to give you a Bible. We want to connect you with a mentor. Online, you can say, yes, I'm giving my life to Jesus right now and, and we'll make sure that we follow up with you to get you a Bible and to, to give you some next steps. But let's all pray this together with me. You might wonder um, why it is that I always have this prayer, even if nobody raised their hands. And there's two reasons. One is because sometimes we don't raise our hands when we want to give our lives to Jesus. But the other is I encourage you not to tune out just because you've heard it before. Because what we're doing is we're teaching you. If someone says, I want to give my life to Jesus, you don't go, okay, I'll take you to my pastor. You say, here's a prayer. Will you pray this with me? And so today, we're going to make this commitment from our hearts. Will you repeat after me? Heavenly Father, I know I've done a lot of things that aren't right. I haven't always honored you. But I thank you for your love. Today, I'm giving you my life. And I ask that you would give me yours. Fill me with purpose and wholeness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and transform me with your love. I'm giving you my life today for the rest of my life. And today I thank you that though I may fall down, you're beside me to pick me up again. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer today in person or online, you can either take that card in the seat back in front of you, fill out your information, check off I've given my life to Jesus and give it to Kareen at the back, the next steps table. Uh, or online, you can go to ASTC.life and tap on I've just given my life to Jesus and fill that out. And we'll be sure to get the same information to you as well. Everyone, I truly hope that we will take to heart the things that have been spoken on today and that we will begin to step forward into this mission that, that Jesus has given us. Next week, we're going to finish this series. I'm also going to have a small handout for you to make it easier to remember these things and to give some ideas, all right? But let's be people who bless.